Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lay down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, you, do you have a word of the day for me today? Not today? I, am I off the hook, Rose, or do you have something? Okay, so remember... I don't know what the word is, and I have to incorporate it in the sermon. Otherwise, Rose gets a dollar. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> I tend to hold on to it. <laughs> Let's take a deep breath. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Several years ago now, just after my family and I moved to El Paso, I woke up with a start in the middle of the night. I was pretty far along in my pregnancy with Olivia at the time, so insomnia was not unusual at that stage, but this was different. I swear I heard someone calling my name, so I sat up and I looked around and I expected to see Natalie or Augie, who were only three or four at the time, and they were also getting used to a new place, but no one was there. So I lay back down and I was drifting off to sleep again, when I heard my name. I sat up again, I looked around again, and there was Augie with the dog, halfway under the bed, looking at me sheepishly. Hi, Mommy, he said. And I knew that we were in for a long night because that kid just would not sleep. So many of us have been there. Even the great priest Eli was not immune to this parental rite of passage. In the text that Sedona just read for us this morning, Eli had a sleepless kid on his hands. Let's do the series slide, Grayson. We're taking a look at this passage from 1 Samuel today as a part of this new five-week series we're calling Bible Stories That Make Us LOL or laugh out loud. And some of you may need permission here. You may need to know that it's okay to laugh at some of the stories that we read in the Bible. In Proverbs, our holy text shares wisdom about the good medicine of a happy heart. 
And in many traditions, including our own, sometimes the Sunday after Easter is known as Holy Humor Sunday. Because if we really think about it, the idea of resurrection after death is laughable to much of the world. It doesn't make sense. It defies human logic, defies the laws of nature, and yet we hold it to be true and dear. The Bible is full of stories like this. So over the next five weeks, we're going to talk about the time that Paul put someone to sleep with his preaching. Or the time that Peter put on his coat to jump in the lake. Or the afternoon that Jesus was so hungry that he cursed a fig tree that was not bearing fruit. Or the prophet who thought he could run from God. Now these are stories that you may have heard hundreds of times. But sometimes when we're focused on the lesson and the moral of the story, we miss the human element. And we're in danger of missing how really amazing God's grace is. So we're starting today with a kid who won't sleep. Thank you, Grayson. That kid's name is Samuel, and his story is told in two Old Testament books that bear his name. You might know him as a priest and a prophet who anointed the king of Israel, but before he was a great man of God, in the eyes of the world, he was just a boy, a miracle in the eyes of his mother. Her name was Hannah. She was dearly loved by her husband, but scorned by her culture because she was not able to bear children. One night, the priest Eli found Hannah praying in the temple. We can find her prayer in 1 Samuel chapter 1. So I invite you to turn in your Bibles or your Bible apps to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel is in the Old Testament. It's toward the beginning. It's right after the book of Ruth. 1 and 2 Samuel are right together. Let me know when you have it, and I will read with you or to you, chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. 1 Samuel, chapter 1, you can use the table of contents too. There's no shame in that. That's how you get to know your Bible. Are we ready? 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. Hannah was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made this vow, O Lord of hosts, if only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a male child. Then I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of his death. He shall drink neither wine nor intoxicants, and no razor shall touch his head. This vow that Hannah makes is to dedicate her unborn son to a particular branch of the priesthood. Sarah, I'm hearing an echo. I don't know if anybody else can hear it. Maybe it's just in the monitor. It's, it's audible in the sanctuary as well. So she is dedicating her son to a particular branch of the priesthood. And as the story unfolds, we see that she does just that. In short order, Hannah becomes pregnant, gives birth, and when the time comes, she leaves her son in the care of a priest, Eli, to learn the ways of the priesthood. And that brings us to today's story. There's a slide that says three times on it. It's 
late one night, and Eli is growing older and struggling to see well. He's trying to sleep. Young Samuel in the other room is trying to do the same, and that's when he hears Samuel. Upon hearing his name, Samuel assumes that Eli needs him. So he runs to the priest and he says, here I am. I didn't call you. Eli says, go back to bed. Back in his room, Samuel begins to drift off and then he hears a voice again call him, Samuel. So Samuel rushes back to Eli and says, here I am. Samuel, Eli says, I did not call you. Go back to sleep. So Samuel, by now really confused or frightened or both, goes back to his bed and he hears a third time someone say, Samuel. So for the third time, Samuel approaches Eli and says, here I am. Don't you just feel for Eli? Can't you just hear the exhaustion and the exasperation setting in? This man is old. He is tired. He cannot see well. He's already raised his sons. He's been serving the Lord faithfully for years. All he wants is a good night of uninterrupted sleep. And now this boy has been sent to live with him, and the kid won't sleep. We can imagine Eli looking something like this. Because Eli is pulling him from sleep, and he realizes it's the beginning of a very long night. But that's when it clicks. At the break of exhaustion, this man with very dim sight suddenly sees everything very clearly. The old priest understands that Samuel is being called by God. And not just in the general sense that God calls us all to love and serve, but in a very specific, mysterious way, God is calling Samuel to something, to some purpose. And there was only one thing for the boy to do. So Eli advises Samuel to return to his room. When you hear that voice again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, for your servant is listening. Now, we have talked about listening quite a bit in our community. We know that listening is not just not talking, right? It's not even just hearing. Listening is staying focused on what the other person is saying, processing their words, seeking, understanding, without letting our own thoughts or our own preconceived notions get in the way. Listening and listening well is a key component to effective communication and healthy relationships. We are told as children to listen to our parents, to listen to our teachers. Most of us, as we grow up, we seek to listen better to our partners and our friends and our children. It's also important, even more important, as followers of Jesus, that we learn to listen to God. This kind of listening requires intention and concentration. It's a practice that is done in community, which is exactly what we see in this story of Samuel. Eli is a faithful and seasoned priest, and he knows how to listen to God. He is by no means perfect. He accused Hannah of being drunk when she was praying through her distress. He told Samuel to go back to bed three times before he understood what was happening. But at his best, when he keys in, Eli is able to help Hannah and Samuel open their spiritual ears. 
And we see that that is what Hannah does as she awaits the birth of her son. She praises God for the gift of new life, and she remains faithful to the vow that she makes, and she dedicates her son to the service of God. So what we have in this passage for today is the unfolding of the next generation. Next slide, please. Eli listens. Hannah listens. And Samuel will learn to listen as well. So I'm wondering, beloved, has this practice of listening been passed on to us? How good are we at listening to ourselves, to others, and to God? What we're really talking about here is discernment. Next slide, please. To discern is to perceive spiritual guidance that's not obvious. So we're not talking about just looking at your decision and weighing the options and throwing in a prayer, which we often do. We could also think about it this way. To discern is to seek, to recognize, and to take part in God's activity. To seek and to recognize and to take part in what God is already doing. That's discernment. And it's a practice in which we can grow, just like any other spiritual practice. The method of discernment might differ for each person, but here are some key components. Discernment requires time, and we could be talking about minutes or hours, but most likely we're talking about days, weeks, months, or even years, depending on the situation. The point is that to truly discern, we must set aside the time to do the work. Prayer, to seek God's guidance, is another part of this practice, as are sitting in quiet and stillness, reading scripture, checking in with yourself and identifying and naming your feelings, and talking with others. You can see now why time is at the top of the list. It takes time to practice discernment. It takes time to sit quietly and pay attention to yourself and to pray and to seek the counsel of others and to listen. The bottom line is that none of these elements of discernment, none of them will make a bit of difference if we don't listen. But listening is tricky. We live in a world in which information passes through layers and layers of filters and gets twisted and distorted like in a classic game of telephone. Let's demonstrate. Who would like to help me with this? People of any ages. I, I, need, I need at least five people. Okay, Harlan and Sandy and Augie. Natalie, you can come up. Olivia, you can come up. Okay, that's good. That's good. Let's put an adult beside me, the three kids in the middle, and an, uh, an adult on the end. See what I'm doing here, right? Okay, so Sandy, I'm going to say something to you, and you're going to share what you heard with Augie. Augie, you're going to repeat that to Olivia. Olivia, you're going to repeat it. It is telephone. It's exactly telephone. You're going to repeat it to Natalie. Natalie will repeat it to Harlan, and Harlan, I will give you the mic. Okay.
that you hear. being called by God to be a third. You got the first half right. What I said was we are being called by God to listen and respond. To listen and respond. That's okay. Give them a round of applause. Yeah, that's okay. You can sit down. It's good. It's tricky. Listening is the most important part of discernment and listening to God most of all. But that presumes that we believe that God is still speaking. And God is still speaking. Through scripture, through other people, through adorable toddlers who sneak under your bed in the middle of the night. And most importantly, God is still speaking directly to our hearts. The question is, are we listening? Are we really listening, beloved, when God is speaking to us in the most inconvenient of times? Are we listening? And are we willing to respond, speak, for your servant is listening? I don't know what it is that you need to discern right now. Maybe it is a question of profession or location or health. Maybe it's a relationship issue or a decision about money. Whatever it is, what would it take for you to give yourself time to listen and to respond with speak? servant is listening. Do you know what happened when Samuel responded in this way? The people of Israel still had to deal with their poor choices for a while, but Samuel went on to be the priest who would anoint the shepherd boy David to be the king of Israel. That David. Now we all know David was not perfect and made some imperfect choices of his own, but he loved God. And he learned to listen better as he grew in his faith and in his experience. And David's reign over the people and the words of wisdom and comfort that he leaves us in the Psalms, they continue to demonstrate God's love and grace even today. All because one kid would not speak. Amen? Amen. We are moving into a time of prayer now. And so kids in your worship. Rose, I owe you a dollar. I could not work Washington into that. Um, it was a good one. I was really, I was really trying, but I'm going to give you a dollar for that one. Um, so we are moving into a time of prayer. So kids, in your worship bags, you will find your wooden crosses. So you can hold your crosses in connection to God and to each other as we pray. I have been asked to pray for family members and friends who have COVID, we have several people who are dealing with COVID again right now all over the country. And so we pray for them and for their healing. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come to church to hear your word and to listen for your voice in our lives. And yet we let the noise of the world clanging with distractions and clamoring with lies to drown you out. Still us, Lord, to hear your quiet voice. Too often we are misled by our preconceived ideas of how you work and what you have to say. Awaken us, Lord, to hear your surprising voice. Stubbornly we impose our views and plans on you, praying only with our demands and our expectations. 
humble us, Lord, to recognize your challenging voice. Give us today the courage to affirm the words of the prophets. Speak, O Lord, for your servants are listening. In the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen.